Welcome to Break Away from the Rat Race, a podcast series to awaken your entrepreneurial spirit and help you achieve financial freedom. On our show, you'll learn about investments and how to create passive income. Let's get started with your host, Eric Martel. Well, welcome to Break Away from the Rat Race. And then today I have Bobby Sharma, who is a very well-known real estate investor, and I would say even mentor in uh, in the Bay Area. He's very well-known. He's helping a lot of people. And um, so, Bobby, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and we'll get started. All right. Thank, thank you, Eric. Thanks for, uh, th- thanks for the introduction. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, you and I, we have known each other for quite some time. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a full-time uh, real estate investor, uh, a part-time coach, yeah, but, uh, but mainly I focus on uh, di- different types of real estate investing. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I've been in the Bay Area for quite some time. And, uh, uh, you know, I, we, we, I want to talk a little bit about my, my own story. Uh, but yeah. but uh, I, I came here uh, as an immigrant. I came as, as a student uh, to go to college. And, uh, uh, but I was very uh, fortunate that at the age of 24, after I graduated uh, college, I was working in Southern California. I accidentally came across what is now termed as house hacking. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I didn't know that it was house hacking at that time. I just knew that uh, I, I needed to do that. <laughs> I needed, I, it was out of desperation because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, had, uh, I had purchased a house w- with the purpose of getting two roommates to help yeah. uh, pay with the, with the rent and the mortgage. But, uh, but at the, uh, uh, it just happened that um, I came across a three bedroom, two bath house and I put an ad in the local paper and the phone rang the next day and the, the following day. But uh, long story short, uh, at the age of 24, I still didn't have my green card. I was still working for a company that was sponsoring me, but I uh, ended up with a house. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fortunately, uh, the two roommates were, you know, really nice people, uh, got along great with them. And they basically paid for uh, my mortgage, uh, maybe not the taxes and insurance. Maybe I came out of pocket for that, but yeah. uh, for several years, uh, I, I continued doing that. So, yeah. so what did you study at uh, university? I, I, was, uh, I was a computer science major. Okay, computer science. Yeah. Well, so yeah, so lots of, uh, lots of opportunities here in the Bay Area, yeah. definitely. And then at 24, when you bought that, uh, that house, did you consider yourself, uh, first of all, I think it was a big jump, 24 years old, buying, and what, when did you buy? I was, uh, this that, was late. I mean, people don't have to make the calculation. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> I'm old, I'm old, but uh, no, I bought it at the, in, in, in the late 80s. Uh, okay, so 89, okay. 90 in that time frame. So the market was not quite, crazy yet but it was getting it was getting there right it was getting there but it was not yeah. crazy yet. so at 24 when you bought that house you bought it like were you thinking hey this is a great investment or i need a place to live and um you know i'd like to have somebody subsidize my my rent well it happened such that um i was i was actually renting a room from somebody else and uh he uh was uh 
he basically had a similar uh, situation where yeah. he had a three bedroom, two bath house. I was renting a room. Unfortunately, what he did, uh, he started, you know, when I first moved into his house, it was just the three of us, him and mm -hmm. another gentleman. And my, but after a while, I noticed that he was renting out the garage and he was renting out the living room and it just got a little crazy. <laughs> so I was like, you the know, dog house, everything. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and, and housing even back then was in such demand that he was able to get away with it, right? I mean, yeah. he was renting to students uh, who were uh, crashing in the, in the living room and, you know, then uh, the garage. So I'm like, you know what, this is a little bit too much of a, of a very busy place for me. I can't sleep well at night. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I find a similar situation. Okay. So on a, on a Sunday afternoon, I was driving. I saw a for sale sign in the neighborhood. And I went to the, the real estate agent. It was a, a lady who said, yep, I could. I said, I don't have my green card yet. I'm, I'm in the process. And she didn't care. You know, she goes, <laughs> we'll, we'll get you a loan. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I bought it for uh, $115,000. Wow. Uh, 20% down back then. You can't even, you can't yeah. get anything right now for that. That's nothing, not even, a, <laughs> not even a garage, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, people are doing ADUs for 150. Exactly. So, yeah. 150, yeah. 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 So, what was your, uh, your, your parents and, uh, you know, were they, were they also, were they investor, were they that kind of uh, people or were they more like uh, traditional, like my parents, very traditional in there? You know, you know, Eric, I think they were like your parents in the sense that we never talked about money. We never talked yeah. about investments. I never, uh, I never quite, uh, they didn't teach me about, they, my, my dad was very conservative. He was a, he was an accountant. And so by, by nature, he was, you know, he was. And he didn't like to talk about money. Yeah, wow. he, didn't, he didn't like, he, wow. he was, his money was in. He did own one house that he lived and we all grew up in, but back yeah. in India. But he never bought any investment properties, and uh, he didn't he didn't buy any land. And uh, but he did okay in that one house, but he never expanded. And uh, but he was always in uh, uh, money mar in in like uh, CDs. That CDs okay, yeah, yeah. is a big thing. Yeah, and. Uh, but, uh, but no, I, I didn't learn anything about investing from my parents. Uh, wow. I, I, like, I, I look at your, you know, your kids, uh, and I'm so proud of what you have been able to teach your kids, mm -hmm. and they're part of the business. And so I yeah. think more parents need to be helping their kids uh, learn more about investing. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled. Whenever I meet the three of you, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Uh, but that's true. I mean, so for me, like my parents, they never talked about money. And when they were talking about money, they were screaming about money. So there was always a was fighting because there was not enough money. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's my experience of uh, of that, which is not a positive experience, obviously. And uh, you always learn from your parents. So either uh, by imitating what they're doing or going against what they're doing. Exactly. And I went, so I, went against. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I kind of uh, went and said, well, I don't want that. Yeah. 
so I better do something about it. And that's when I went into actuarial science and all of that. But, but as you mentioned, uh, with children, I mean, you want to, I, I didn't want them to be in the same situation as me. So we had a very open conversation about money uh, when they were very young. Uh, you know, even Aunt, Aunt Juan and, uh, you know, was really involved in the, when Lynn opened her uh, low carb grocery store. I mean, he was, I think he was like seven or eight years old or something like that. And he was involved in the store. He wanted to do the the cash register and he wanted to do the stocking the shelves Very and nice. all of that. So Very nice. And you know, and we shared with him kind of like what what the numbers were like. What you know that yeah, we're buying at that price, we're selling it at this price, this is the rent of this, this is yep. you know, so that they familiar that, you know, money comes in but it also goes out all kinds of uh different ways exactly. and then um, so yeah so I think this is very important and have very a calm important. conversation about about that and I, I, you, you, could, you could teach a class on uh, to parents about how to get their kids involved in yeah. learning about investing and uh, you know uh, I, I see a lot of uh, kids coming out of college that are that are you, you know they're savvy they're smart but they yeah. don't have the financial uh, understanding of budgeting, That's right. uh, you know, earning extra income, you know, uh, so, so these are these very important principles that you've shared with your kids. Maybe yeah. we can, we can do something with other parents as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that'd be very good. Because, yeah, and I agree with you. I think this is, I mean, when you go to university or college, I mean, this is one of my kind of uh, pet peeve is that they go there, but you go there to basically learn to do a job to get a salary. You don't go there, uh, you know, to, to learn anything about how to take care of yourself, take care of your finances, uh, and then how to, it's not about that. It's about getting a job. And then people don't, you know, they don't always realize that. They expect that uh, it would be a broader, even like in general studies and stuff like that, they would be a little bit broader about kind of how to, how to do budgeting, how to keep track of your budget, and then, uh, you know, move on from there and, you know. Absolutely. Just basic finance. I mean, you know, it's just uh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. And then, um, so when was the, um, so you had the house in the 80s, you rent and all of that, and you have a couple of tenants. And then what happened? Then, uh, then I got married and um, we, we ended up um, uh, getting out of that house. We sold that house. Yeah. And then I started, I moved up to San Bruno. We, uh, and I, my job was in San Bruno. And we rented in Daly City, yeah. and then I noticed that w the place that I was renting in Daly City, um, you know, they would they would jack up our rent every every year by about twelve percent, and it, mm -hmm. I'm like, this is crazy. So uh, we started to we had saved up a little bit of money, and we bought a house in Fremont, uh, and my job at, at that time was in San Jose. But even at that time, uh, Eric, I, I, this is now, this is 2000. Uh, this is uh, around March or April of 2000. I bought my house in Fremont. Mm -hmm. And what I, it just happened that the house was structured. We didn't have any kids, but the way the house was laid out, I could take the master bedroom, I could block it out. And I and it became an independent suite. It okay. became uh, like a like almost like an in-law unit, like an ADU, but inside the envelope of the house. Yeah. 
um, and I hired a handyman and he came in, he, he created a new entrance. We put lighting, we put a little kitchenette and, and sure enough, I put an ad. It was, it was, it was a relatively big house. So yeah. I put in, in the master bedroom and the bath were pretty decent size for like a single person. And so I put an ad and sure enough, people lined up. And yeah. so even when I was married, I was trying to figure out how to make extra money from to, to subsidize my mortgage. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we, 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 and we kept, you know, that worked out really well. We had, uh, I think in the seven years that I owned that house, I only had one tenant that I ever had problems with. Yeah. Uh, they were mostly high tech people. Uh, they would work long hours. They'd come and they had their own separate entrance. Yeah. It was completely private. I had internet. I had cable for them. They had their own bathroom. They had their own kitchen. They had, uh, you know, in hindsight, it was probably, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we were young, and me and my wife, and we were traveling a lot. My job required me to travel a lot, so we, uh, you know, so we we uh, even we enjoyed, and and that money that came from the rental kind of paid for our entertainment and travel and you know, paid off some, some loans and all that. Yeah. But, uh, but we, we were able to very successfully manage that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, ninth, in 2007, I did go through a divorce. So we had to sell the house. Yeah. So from 2007 to 2010, I was renting again. Right? Okay. I was back uh, to renting and, and that's when the market uh, went down significantly. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily I sold near the peak. And then I rented, but in 2010, the prices got down so low that I'm like, you know what? I got to step back into this game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I went and bought some REOs in San Jose. I went to Oakland. We started bidding at the auction, uh, the courthouse uh, steps. Mm -hmm. We did a few fix and flips. I found a contractor uh, back, but in 2010, I was living up in Emeryville. Yeah. Uh, and my, uh, I noticed that there were no meetups or any kind of real estate events taking place in Emeryville, Oakland area. They were all in San Francisco or in San Jose. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would come back from work. I'd drive down to the San Francisco. I'd take BART to San Francisco or I'd drive down to San Jose. Yeah. So one day I said, you know what, let me just uh, start a meetup in Oakland. And that's how it all got started. I, I invited, um, you know, th three people showed up to the first meeting and then, you know, it slowly grew. But really what I wanted to do was surround myself with folks like yourself that are really, uh, in, you know, kind of immersed in real estate. They were, they were doing deals. They were buying homes. They were, you know, but the market wasn't crazy. It was still doom and gloom yeah. in, in 2011. It was you turn on the news and it was all about foreclosures and yeah, yeah. You know, um, it was a cleanup cleanup phase exactly exactly so you were going around 2007 2010 you were going to meetups uh and then what what were you getting out of the meetup did you already know that you wanted to spend more in the real estate side because of the the downturn in the economy you want to take advantage of that yeah so a couple of things happened in 2000 uh, I didn't start to go to the meetups till 2010. Mm -hmm. Um, and then 
uh, what happened is I was I was working for a very stable company, very nice company, Cisco, you know, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, and we were do, I was doing great, and then I I decided to jump to a startup, and then I I did I did okay at that startup, and then I went to another startup, and that startup did not work out. The the, yeah. the second startup did not work out, so I was actually uh, uh, in two thousand. 11 or no, in 2012 you know I, I found myself out of work mm-hmm. and even though I knew you know sooner or later I'll find work but that feeling of being dependent on a corporate paycheck yeah I'm like you know what I'm not gonna ever be in this situation again I I, I, I will I will try to protect myself a little bit better financially mm-hmm. And not be dependent on that on that one single paycheck. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because when you're working for, a, you know, people are afraid that uh, well, if I go on my own on my own and do my own business, then I, you know, I could lose everything or, yeah. you know, blah blah blah. But at least, uh, you know, you have some warning. You know where the direction of the company, and you say, exactly. okay, well, I have to, you know, either double down or I have to do something or I have to find an alternative. Exactly. And, um, so that's a, if you work for somebody, you have no idea how they're managing the company. You have no idea if they kind of ran out of cash or they're going to pull the plug or whatever. Especially startup, you know. Yeah, startups. Uh, yeah. The 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 whatever the next round of funding was supposed to come in didn't come in. Yeah. Uh, and um, you know, so I, I I was at the mercy of you know some third party. Uh, so I I said, listen, I I I gotta I gotta figure out how to generate revenue on my own and uh, and and real estate it's either real estate estate or the stock market that's usually where people go and i was not uh comfortable with the stock market with its with all the volatility and all the uncertainty and again if jim kramer says something crazy on television my stock gets affected i didn't want that so uh and this is even worse than working for a company because exactly, exactly. The financials yeah. could be good yeah. but then there's something in the news that say oh, i know this guy, i don't like the ceo or whatever or you know yeah. or it's some kind of issue exactly. and then you, get wiped them, out. you know you get wiped or the economy you know so yeah, yeah crazy uh, crazy market and so yeah. so then i said listen i'm uh real estate is something that you know has worked for hundreds of years and uh uh, so I'm going to dabble a little bit. So, so I, I started buying, I would, I would repair and fix them up. Sometimes I do the work myself. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get a, a handyman. Sometimes I get a contractor. Yeah. But I was doing all this and luckily I was able to find another job. So the finding uh, the job was, you know, there was a downtime. There was about a four or five months downtime, yeah. but, but you know, it was not like, you know, I was desperate or anything, but, uh, but that downtime allowed me to think about planning for my future. That, in, in fact, now that I look back, it was like a blessing in disguise, right? Yeah. They, they, otherwise I'd be on that rat race. I'd be like a hamster in, in, in a, you know, and just, just to be, just be turning in the corporate world. But, but I said, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to retire before 50. I'm going to, I'm going to build a portfolio of rental properties and I'm going to collect this much from each rental properties enough to co- cover my expenses. And then I put a plan together and slowly, but surely the plan included fix and flips, 
and rental properties. Buy some fix and flips and build rental properties. Mm -hmm. and, and at that time, there was no concept of, of, of turnkey properties. Yeah. But now that I look back, like I would have gone all turnkey properties, right? Yeah. If, if, if those were available back then, because it makes so much sense. Uh, you don't have to deal with contractors. You don't have to deal with the city. You don't have to deal with... Uh, all the headaches that are involved in in, in a finding the property mm -hmm. and you 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 get a turnkey property pretty much all of the numbers are laid out for you yeah. uh you simply get a loan and you build your passive income portfolio and everything is organized for you i mean you have the property management in place the house is fixed up for rent yeah. somebody identify a good market for you and all of that so, you know, yeah. yeah, there's no surprises. There's no surprises. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, we are very fortunate that in, in this day and age, uh, turnkey properties are available. Yeah. People have options. People have uh, the ability to uh, do a lot of research online and, and uh, the loans are available and the property management companies are more technolo technologically savvy. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's more platforms, software platforms out there. So, so being a, 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 a landlord now is so much easier compared to like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think... And as an investor too, like, you know, like we, we're doing, uh, you know, these properties out of state. And I mean, we wouldn't have been able to do that like, you know, 20 years ago or 10 years ago. I mean, every, all the documents, pretty much all the documents are signed electronically. In exchange electronically, uh, we have everybody has a phone, like the camera phone everywhere. So you know we have the realtor walk through, the inspector you know uh, send us pictures electronically of all kinds of things. So exactly. yeah, we wouldn't have been able to do that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and, and you know to be able to leverage and get a loan and yeah. twenty percent down or twenty five percent down, and build your cash flow. But yeah. that's how you know, and I'm sure you do as well. To all your busy professional friends and clients is mm -hmm. listen uh you know why go through the brain damage of doing a remote fix and flip yeah. or remote rental when all you have to do is get a loan and and start building your passive income uh, portfolio and and the tenant is paying down your mortgage yeah. uh, you you know you get the best of both worlds yeah and so, so you kind of have to look at your resources, right? So, you, you know, I, I have, I have a lot of money. I have a good job. So I can, I W2 as I can get a loan. I, I don't have anybody to do contracting in yeah. uh, wherever it is, Manhattan, wherever, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't have time to manage that. I don't have time to fly there. So, you know, so that's, that's why the, the turnkey is pretty good. So I, I have the money, I can go and buy the property and build my passive income up until uh, comes a point where uh, now I can do this full time, I can quit my job. And then, then at that time, yeah, go ahead and do the, the birth strategy or do the, do the own rehab and stuff like that. I, I hear a lot of stories. I mean, the Burr has been talked about on a lot of media and, and, mm -hmm. and social media and so on. But uh, Burr comes with a lot of uh, challenges in, in yeah. its own, right? I mean, uh, there's, there's, there's more points of failure in a Burr yeah. than in a turnkey. In a turnkey, you have a finished product. It's yeah. kind of like uh, 
you can either go to the dealership and buy a car or you can build a car from the salvage auto salvage and put a car together yeah. get the transit <laughs> and you know yeah that's a good yeah that's a good analogy i mean this is yeah so, uh, so there's more risk definitely if you're going to do it yourself there's more risk and uh there's also a longer time period for you by the time you acquire the property all the way till you uh you basically have a tenant in there you know that could take if you don't have a solid team on the ground, uh, you know, it could take six months to a year to get that done. Yeah. For us, I mean, we're able to do that in four months because we have a dedicated team on the ground and they know exactly what to do. They know what tile to put in. They know what paint color. They know everything. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Building, and, I, and I'm sure, Eric, like for you to build that dedicated team, it yeah. didn't happen overnight, right? It, it took you a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it took a long time to find the right people. And then even after you find the right people is to kind of like come up with the process, a way to communicate, a way to, uh, you know, to, to really explain what we're looking for and all of that and have everybody on board. Yeah. And we're still tweaking, you know, and I'm sure it's the same for you and, uh, and your team too. Yeah. You still want to tweak your, your process, tweak your, mm -hmm. your system and stuff like that. And sometimes a neighborhood worked and now all of a sudden, oh, that doesn't work anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. So no, I uh, I'm I'm a firm believer in what you're doing, and you know, and we we we've partnered up uh, uh, in the past and in the mm -hmm. future. But yeah, I I, I tell people, look, uh, real estate. I'm not saying put all your money in real estate, but if you can't afford to buy in the Bay Area, and you're not going to cash flow in the Bay Area, so so think about if you're starting out, you're in your early 30s, and you're working for a good company, and you've saved up a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, real, owning real estate, it should be part of your strategy. Exactly. And, uh, and over time, uh, rents will generally go up. Uh, if you, you know, whatever rent you were paying 10 years ago, it's way greater now, whether, whether it's in Kansas city or Cleveland or, mm -hmm. or, or Phoenix or Dallas, whatever city rents will generally go up so yeah. uh real estate is a way for you to fight inflation it's a way for you to secure your future there's so many advantages and it's, it's yeah. one of the few things that the the government gives you a, a break on your taxes if you do it right yeah so um yeah count, count just depreciation as well right i mean depreciation offsetting your income i mean this is uh this is very important i mean a lot of people say well i could Invest. There was actually an article over the weekend about hey, how to invest in real estate without owning a home. Um, so, I mean, there are ways to do that, obviously, that I like and that I think you like as well. But some, they were really pushing. I mean, this is who we're, the, the tide that we're against. We're against a big financial institution yeah. that wants you to give them their money and then uh, do that. Uh, yeah. They invest it for you. And so they were pushing a lot of the REITs, for example, and the mutual fund that invests in real estate and all of that. But when you invest in those, you don't get all the benefits that you would get uh, if you had the property yourself. You don't get the depreciation that would offset your, uh, your cash flow. Exactly. I mean, that's a big thing. Yeah, depreciation is a big factor. And mm. uh, so, so there's a lot of advantages to owning directly or maybe in some kind of a way where you get uh, maybe a syndication or maybe yeah. directly so or maybe doing notes uh, that's another yeah. question so yeah so that, i think that's a good way like private money lending i think it's a it's a good way you have a solid uh, 
a solid revenue stream uh, that uh, so we have a lot of people that uh, we're getting they're lending to us and we're sending them a check every month or transfer money every month for uh, for their interest that's you know that's a pretty good way of doing it. it's better than any annuity uh, product that I know we get a better return and you still have your money at the end exactly. as opposed to an annuity uh, you know where you basically you don't have any of your money Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you try to survive as long as possible exactly. make it worth it so that's a good way joint venture or uh, you know also like partnership and syndication sure. and all of that so sure. these are these are also good uh, good methods yeah, as you know, I mean, we did some of these multifamilies as well. Yeah, yeah, we're working with some, yeah, some investors on that. Those were great properties. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I think uh, you did you did really well you, identifying. They weren't too big. They weren't too small. They were just a yeah. spot for getting started. And uh, you know, there's enough of a uh, value add in those properties for you to see some nice returns. Um, so yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, you, you know, your investors would, uh, I'm, you know, like you, you mentioned in the email, you know, you were able to fund it all and yeah. it's a benefit for the investors and it's great for you as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Good. So which, mar which market are you invested right now? So you have a big portfolio. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, actually, before we go to that, I want to know kind of, was there anything, so you go from house hacking to, you know, like major real estate developer and yeah. investor. There must have been a, like a change in uh, in behavior and a change in like skills that you didn't have, or you know what what was that that change in uh, that you had to go through? Yeah, the biggest uh, as as I started to hang around people that were far more intelligent, far more sophisticated than I was in their investment strategies, uh, things like seller financing, things like syndications, mm -hmm. yeah. things like remote uh, properties, Section 8 uh, yeah. you know, properties that cash flow very well. Uh, so I started to dabble in, 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 in those. In fact, I, um, I actually had a gentleman come and present at my meetup on uh, mobile home parks. I was always interested in mobile home parks and he's like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a fund and I own like four or five mobile home parks. Uh, he came and presented, uh, this is five years ago, and I ended up investing with him. I liked the idea of uh, renting out the lot and yeah. not maintaining the yeah. mobile home. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one day, after I had done my investment, I, they were based out of San Francisco. I was just having uh, lunch with them and uh, kind of catching up on the investment and all that. And they explained that, you know, they were having challenges with uh, uh, finding an asset manager because they were still too small to have a full-time asset manager, but they needed one. And, uh, and so I said, I'll volunteer. Look, I'm an investor. You don't need to pay me. I want to learn. I want to, I'll become your asset manager. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yep. And they're like, wow, that's great because we do need an asset manager for four of our mobile home parks. One was in Ohio, Southern Illinois, uh, uh, Virginia, and Wyoming. Mm -hmm. so, um, so basically they made me an asset manager. So I was dealing with property managers and some of the, uh, operational issues uh, like collections 
uh, there were t problems with tenants uh, that they'd bring up to me or or a tree would fall or or a, or there was a, a big a storm and the uh, water was uh, piling up and so the they, we needed to do grading and so I had to get uh, contractors to provide bids for grading uh, there was a septic tank that needed to be replaced. Uh, so all those issues, um, you know, uh, there, there was criminal activities on some other properties in Southern Illinois. So I started to deal with that. And, mm -hmm. I, and, and it was purely, you know, no compensation, nothing. But I was eager to learn. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I, I did that for a while. And that prepared me to become a better maybe section eight type of a landlord. I, I got to see like the, you know, the you know, sort of the lower end of the market. So uh, again, uh, somebody spoke about section eight properties at my event and I ended up uh, kind of working with them. I became their first private money lender and we grew mm -hmm. that portfolio uh, they, when I when I first uh, met with them, they were at 110 doors, and we grew that portfolio to about uh, 600 doors now. Uh -huh. So uh, I'm a partner in their company. We've now started to syndicate Section 8 properties. Mm -hmm. uh, so we just successfully uh, launched our uh, first syndication. We were able to raise money from uh, accredited investors. Yeah. So that that worked that out a multi, that's a multi-family or is it like a... uh, I, i've done multi-family but this particular syndication was a section eight single family home a oh, single family okay so a whole portfolio of single family homes. exactly we took a bunch of single family homes put a, a 506b around it yeah. an around it and uh and really generous returns to our investors so uh very secure uh but uh uh, but that, that was one thing that we, so in, in, 2000, in 2019, the biggest accomplishments were, um, were the, I did a, a multifamily syndication in Minneapolis. We yeah. successfully raised money for that one. I did uh, the syndication for Section 8 properties. We did our first fund and now we're on our second and third fund already. Uh, so that's working well. I also got involved in tax lien properties. Okay. Uh, we were buying in bulk. Uh, mm -hmm. We were buying tax lien properties, and that has worked out really well. Um, so these are all partnerships, just like you and me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, st sort of getting together, grabbing a cup of coffee, and and penciling out a plan and executing on that plan. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, uh, with better turnkey and with uh, a Martel Turnkey, we 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 partner on that as well, and mm -hmm. so we, we we want to do education. Yeah, uh, and and you know you're a big uh, partner in that. We we want to we want to educate our members on you know what to watch out for, uh, what to what to be uh, to prepare them for the experience of being a landlord. Yeah, even though we take care of a lot of the headaches, they still need to be aware of it. That's so. Right educating them is is a big uh kind of a goal for 2020 as well mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree i think this is um yeah it is important to make people aware and this is why we spend a lot of time uh you know doing podcasts and writing articles and meeting people and uh to really we want them to be prepared for the experience 
because it is a shift and that's what I was kind of like um, getting to. And one of my favorite things is that, you know, uh, it's a book called what got you here won't get you there. Exactly. And, uh, and that's kind of like that. I mean, I, you know, you work uh, your life uh, and somebody's basically telling you what to do. And now all of a sudden is like, uh, now you're the boss. Now you, you decide where, what you do next. And, um, so that's that's a little bit of a challenge, but you're also responsible for a lot of things, yep. uh, you know, and you have to be aware that are you is it the kind of lifestyle that you want yep. to be a landlord? So we do have we do have some people that bought some single family rentals from us, and they realized through that experience, and it, you know, it was a relatively cheap experience. You know, they bought one or two houses. Yep. Uh, so $20,000 down and then to realize that, you know what, I'm not really the landlord type person. And then yeah. instead they do uh, private money lending where sure. they're getting, uh, you know, a ret less return, but they're getting, a, you know, a good return. They still yeah, have cash. It's very much, much more liquid than a single family rental. Yeah. And, um, you know, and now with some of the properties that we're doing, the multifamilies. So we have some people that are there for long term, so a lot of the syndication, they uh, they kind of they want to flip after five years. They basically sell the property after five years, and then everybody get their money. It kind of you have to do it again. You have to find another project. But for the the multifamilies that we're doing, uh, we have an option. Our intention is to keep that uh, that apartment building. Uh, so the investors that are with us and we normally have like two or three or four investors on that so it's not a syndication but just a couple of investors that we have a relationship with and then these people have an opportunity to stay with us long term and get the cash flow uh instead of you know having to redo another syndication later on so again our our game is about cash flow it's about passive income and just, I think it's the same for you. And uh, that's why everything that we're trying to do, we're trying to, the people that we talk to, that's what they're interested in. They're interested Absolutely. in that passive income. Absolutely. A lot of people, including me, and I'm a big believer in passive. I'll take passive income over active income any day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I like the private money lending. I like the yeah. rental properties that uh, turnkey properties, but you know, I'm, as, 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 as I get older, and I'm sure for you as well, time, value of time starts to increase yeah, that's versus right. when you're in your 30s and your 20s and, mid, you know, uh, for, not, for me now, I need to free up my time to do the things that I've always wanted to do, mm -hmm. right? Uh, whether it's travel, whether it's, you know, being with the family, whether it's working on special projects, uh, mm -hmm. But what passive income allows me to do is to 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 have that luxury of 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 you know whatever I want to do. So it yeah. frees up my time. Um, the the main thing I want to remind your your listeners and your viewers is you got to plan for that. Like I planned for this, mm. you know, over a decade ago, right? Yeah. To yeah. get to this point, I'm, and I'm sure you did as well, right? Yeah. So you, you can't plan for it when you think you want free time. Yeah. You got to plan, you got to plan the seed. You got to get your financials right. You got to make sure you have the right aptitude um, and, and, you know, make sure you get into the right deals. And then when, when you, you will then come to a point where you go, okay, now I can take the foot off the gas pedal and go off and do other things that mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do. So, 
Yeah, and I think you, uh, and this, this is probably one of the reasons why you did your, so I think in 2010, this is when you started your, your own meetup in, uh, up in Emeryville. 2011, yeah. Uh, 2011, yeah. 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 So you obviously always had the inclination that, you know, you wanted to help people. Yeah. And, and also, other, you were hoping also, obviously that people that were uh, also savvy investors would also show up and then you kind of share in the knowledge, right? Yeah, Eric, you're you're 100 right. It was, it was first give. You know, I made it free. I made it uh, where uh, it was it was really like uh, a place for them to come and share. Yeah. Uh, and then and then out of those, I ended up meeting a few people who helped me, and now I help other people. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, one lady came over a couple of months ago uh, to my meetup and she just gave me a huge hug. And I'm like, wow, what's going, what's going on? What happened? She goes, listen, uh, this, this thing that you told me about, I, I invested in it. And now uh, one year later, that investment is going to pay for my kid's college. Uh, oh, he, wow. Her kid was going to go to Berkeley. And she goes, that investment is now going to fully pay off my, my kid's college uh, expenses. So she goes, you know, if, it, if I hadn't run into you, if I hadn't done what you told me to do, I, you know, I, would, I would be struggling. But now I'm all set. So, you know, she was very grateful. She's, she's very kind. Uh, but, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we, we, that's what we do. We, we're, yes, uh, it is a business, but. We want to be transparent. We want to be yeah, upfront and uh, and help each other. Yeah. And now you're you have like you have more than just one meetup now. You have meetups kind of all over the Bay Area. Do you want to tell tell a little bit yeah, more about where these meetups are? How many people show up? And yeah, and no, I, I I was very fortunate. I I run several meetups. So we meet in San Francisco, San Mateo, San Jose, and now uh, San San Ramon. Uh, so I, I wanted to get to where my members were, you know, traffic is bad right now in the Bay area. Yeah. So instead of them trying to go from, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pleasanton to San Francisco, uh, I said, you know, I'll bring the speakers out to where you live and we'll meet. So on a Monday, we typically meet in San Francisco, Tuesday, San Mateo, Wednesday, San Jose. And then now in 2020, we're going to start meeting in San Ramon. Mm -hmm. And I get anywhere from uh, 60 to 160 people. It mm -hmm. just depends on the topic and yeah, depends yeah. on the, the, the event details. But uh, from 60 to 160 uh, is, is what I get. Uh, and, uh, but in 2020, we're going to start doing a few more events, some more very focused on uh, turnkey properties, for example, I'm going to start doing a, a regular event on turnkey properties, mm -hmm. and you know, obviously, you're going to be part of that. Mm -hmm. um, but but the goal is to educate our investors to 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 allow them to get started and provide a support system so that they don't feel um, uh, alone in the journey, right? Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, so. If they know that there's a somebody that they can call, there's a there's a challenge, uh, they can pick up the phone and call. So yeah. we, we we that's what we want to do. Yeah, that's what I found about the the community. I participated in a number of meetups, and obviously I go to yours as well on a regular basis. And uh, that's what I found is that the um, 
the community is, is very accepting, very helpful to one another. And it's not, I mean, you would go in other kind of uh, types of meetings and it'd be kind of, you feel like it's the competition. But in this case, it's, it, I never feel like it's a competition. I mean, you and I are both in, invest in Cleveland, for example, and we're not, comp we're, we're not competitors in, uh, in any way. So we just, uh, and then we share about kind of like, oh, with neighborhood, oh, you're going that neighborhood. Okay, yeah, we're in, over here and stuff like that. And, you know, so we share ideas and all of that. So that's what I, what I really like about the community. And if you're getting started in real estate, I mean, going to these meetups, meeting people that are interested in, uh, in the same topic, uh, that can help you or they, they're a little bit ahead of you or you know maybe they're a little bit behind you and then you can help them out and share your knowledge i think that's uh this is what that community is like i, mean, I really like that yeah. it's kind of a culture of abundance there's plenty for everybody so yeah so this is great the um the other thing i wanted to say is also that i mean having a plan i think you're right i mean this is this is very critical to actually say this is what I'm going to focus on and then having a plan selecting the market selecting uh, the team and how or how you're going to uh, acquire your portfolio of rental and how you're going to achieve that yep. um, and when I look at your timeline obviously you uh, you know 10 years I mean this is phenomenal this is not a very long period of time to get from you know zero to a thousand zero to yeah so so there is hope so if you're like in uh you know in the 30 40 50 and stuff like that and you say oh you know i won't have time to to do this and i won't be able to retire ever and all of that there is there is time and, and you can it can be done obviously you are um you spend a lot of time and effort and you were dedicated and you had a plan so I'm, if somebody has a plan it is very feasible for them to do um, very possible. You know, to do this, right? And they don't have to take it the same level that yeah. you did. I mean, you take it very, very big. You're helping, you know, hundreds of people. Uh, so if you just want to do it a little smaller, yeah. you'll be you'll be fine. You know, you know the goal should be. Uh, you know, I I started out very modest. My my first goal was, can I cover my car payment? <laughs> yeah. And then when I was able to cover my car payment, it was like, can I cover my rent or mortgage, right? Yeah. So then it was like, okay, can I hit that number? And, and, and sure enough, I hit that number. Yeah. And then it was like, can I hit my, whatever I'm making in my W-2, can I get to 50% of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sure enough, you get to 50. And so it wasn't like overwhelming, right? Yeah. It was, it was uh, so like you said, you know, it's, 10 years, not a long time. Uh, people that are in their 20s 30s 40s they can start now yeah. and by the time they retire you know they're set yeah. uh, but i encourage everybody to sort of become engaged become uh, aware get educated listen to eric uh, try try out some of their properties yeah what the experience Google is like Bobby's meet up yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and the other thing to that i find interesting about the meetup you um there's a lot of different and it's it's good and bad right i mean there's all these different point of views and different ways of investing in the real estate and if you're new and you don't really know um where you uh, where you want to go and you don't have a plan together you might think oh oh i'm gonna do this oh i'm gonna do this now or maybe this is better and 
and you end up not doing anything. anything. Or you don't uh, do anything well. You do, you do, do a bunch of stuff, but you don't do anything well. Yeah. Or you just say, oh, no, I'm, you know, but you change your mind consistently. You know? so, so I think it's good to, yeah, I mean, listen to Bobby or maybe spend some time with, uh, with Bobby or contact me and then, you know, and then you kind of get started small. I mean, you can, you can start with a couple of single, like turnkey rentals, get that going. And then if you want to do, if you like that, if you like the landlord, you can keep going in that direction. And then you can start diversifying a little bit and go maybe do something else. Uh, but, you know, get started in, uh, and maybe that's not the starting point. Maybe PML is the starting point, uh, yeah. but you know, you yeah, know what I mean? So start, it's yeah. important to start somewhere, start somewhere and then you can branch out if you want. Yeah. But, um, you know, focus on your resources, the resources that you have to determine kind of like what your plan is and where you want to go. Exactly. So I think that's, yeah. uh, that's good. But yeah. Because we have some people like that. They're just like, they, uh, they, there's just, there's so many opportunities, so many different ways to invest in the real estate. It's kind of confusing. And if you don't have your requirement in place, then you could be, it could be distracting. Absolutely. Focusing. Yeah. yeah. No, no focus at first, uh, get, get really dialed in and then, and then just repeat. Yeah. Just rinse and repeat. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I think that's a very good strategy. And the same for us, too. I mean, we started in single-family rentals. Then we converted that into, like, a turnkey rental business. And now we're doing multifamily. And then, so I think we're going we're gonna to pull people, uh, investors, with us if they're interested Absolutely. in these other markets and all of that. So, and I, I think you're doing, you're doing exactly the same with, uh, with your properties and uh, your, your syndications. Right now, so that's very good. So... If they want to know more about your syndication and the opportunities that you offer, um, where should they go? The, the best, the easiest way to go is uh, to go to Bayflip. So okay. www.bayflip.com. So mm -hmm. bayflip.com. Yeah. Or uh, shoot me an email at bobby at bayflip.com. That's where they can find me. But I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Bigger Pockets. I'm on all most. I'll of add it as well as a note on on YouTube yeah. as well. So so that's fine. Very easy uh, to find me. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, so we're almost out of time, and um, so I want to ask you a couple of things. So any kind of like saying, proverb, or philosophy that you live by. So this is kind of like my, my quick round questions. Okay. 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 Uh, you know the philosophy that I live by is you know just. Uh, do unto others as you would want them to do to you, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, I always say like treat people fairly, mm -hmm. uh, be open, be honest, because that's what you'd want other people to, to do with you. Yeah. Um, the other one is, you know, um, uh, live, live simple. You know, I, uh, it, it's, uh, it, you know, life, uh, can get a little complicated at times. Uh, uh, my my philosophy is reduce your debt. Yeah. Uh, and you know one of the things is if you don't live in debt, uh, it, it, you know I call that the anchor, the boat anchor, right? It's always uh, pulling you down. There's good debt and then there's bad debt. Yeah. Understand the difference between good debt and bad debt, and use uh, good debt to get ahead, pay off the bad debt. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, um, but yeah, th those are sort of my core philosophies, but uh, 
Yeah. Top books, one of the favorite books. Uh, you know, my favorite, uh, one, one of the ones that really changed my outlook was, uh, there, uh, I'll name two. One is uh, uh, Stephen Covey's How to Influence, Make Friends and Influence People. Yeah. I read that a long time ago, and I just realized, you know, look, uh, we live in a world where things are based on uh, trust and whether people like you or or uh, whether they they trust you and you know whether you're competent so uh, so basically uh, it's about you know so so I, that helped me kind of just build a nice network of friends and investors who who really trust me and they and they and they uh, you know I, I counsel with them mm-hmm. sometimes they run into problems so I'll sit down I'll, I'll help them uh, but but that was one of the first books that I- influenced me this the second one obviously which is everybody's favorite is uh, rich dad poor dad yeah, yeah. you know we, we all we have all read that one but mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but those are the two that are that in, in the business world that have helped me a lot yeah yeah yeah, because I think earlier that when you were talking about kind of like, oh, I'm going to do some investment to pay off my car, see if I can make and pay off the uh, my car. I mean, this is typically like this is a real rich dad, poor dad kind of uh, yeah. kind of situation. So that was very good. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that sounds good. Any uh, any famous last words, things you want to say? You know, no, thank you, Eric. Uh, you know, I, I really uh, cherish our friendship and mm-hmm. our partnership and, of course, the kids and the family. But, uh, you know, let's, let's do nicer, bigger things in 2020. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do some big projects and, uh, and, and uh, bring a bunch of our friends along with us. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Bobby. Really appreciate you coming on uh, on the show and uh, sharing your experience. And of course, you know, uh, going to your meetups. I think it's uh, you, you can uh, see you and uh, and really learn a lot about real estate investment and all of that. And you know, you're very trustworthy, and uh, so are we, And you're really there to share your experience and help people. I, I mean, I can. I can really feel that when, uh, and I think a lot of everybody can feel that when they talk to you, that you're genuinely trying to help people uh, achieve, uh, you know, passive income and uh, and financial freedom. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. doing what you're thank doing. You. Thank you for your time. Okay, right. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.